really try to keep my weekend sacred. I don't like to go on there at weekends. So often if someone posts something on a Friday night, I'm not going to look at it until Monday. But by that time, a lot of people have already jumped on and answered them and offered help and stuff. So good now to see other members jumping on and helping out. I have a business coach who has a Facebook group of about 2,000 people and she said she pretty much just runs itself now. She doesn't really have to do much because there's so many members in there helping each other out. Welcome to Marketing Builder, the show where you'll get lots of little bricks of marketing advice to help you build up your marketing and your business. Drawing on over 20 years of marketing experience, your host, Daniel Oyston, will dive into a topic and provide you with short, sharp and to-the-point marketing advice that you can apply to your marketing straight away. Welcome to Marketing Builder. Let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, legends, pumped to have you joining me for this episode of Marketing Builder and also Emma Kate. That's the voice you heard right at the start of the show. Now, Emma is a graphic designer and owner at Ola, and a few years ago, she made a decision that completely changed her career. After years of relying on web developers to service her clients, she followed the advice of a fellow designer and set out to learn how to build websites for her clients herself. Creating websites is something that she now loves because it blends perfectly her love for design and tech, her inner artist and her inner geek. Emma has a passion for creating beautiful, functional WordPress websites that help take businesses to the next level. And she's on a mission to help other graphic designers learn the skills to become beautiful website creators and build the business of their dreams in the process. Now, part of that mission is a Facebook group for graphic designers wanting to follow Emma's path and build WordPress websites. And she offers courses to be able to help realize that. The group really has helped grow her business by feeding members into a previously non-existent revenue stream. I began by asking Emma what the purpose of the Facebook group is and who she is targeting in trying to attract members to. The Facebook group that I have is uh, targeted to graphic designers who want to learn more about building websites. And the purpose really is to obviously attract them, um, but also build connection and trust with them until they're ready to hopefully invest in one of my courses or mentoring. How long have you been running the group and what do the member numbers look like now? Um, I've been running this group for a little bit over a year. And at the moment, I looked this up this morning, I've currently got 545 members. From what period? Uh, a little over a year ago, so I'd say about 14 months. Excellent. And how do you attract those people to the group? What do you do to promote that Facebook group and, and get your target audience to join it? I pretty much put it everywhere as much as I can. It's really a big target for me to sort of funnel them into the Facebook group. So um, I put it on my website and not just on my website, I make it quite a, a big focus. I have it right at the top in my main menu to join my group. I have it sort of as a bit of a call to action at the bottom of a lot of blog posts. And I also put it at like on my email signature on all my uh, opt-ins, like my um, opt-in downloads, PDF downloads, people get at the end of that. It's like, hey, go join my Facebook group. It's kind of everywhere. It's often um, when I'm not in sort of launch mode or promotional mode, it's usually um, in the, the banner of my Facebook page to say, go join my group. Uh, so I just pretty much just put it out there, put it everywhere. And so you shared lots of really helpful stuff 
in your group. It's not just about promoting the course. It's not just calls to action which are focused on you getting something out of the post. So when you do post something that is actually about enrollments being open in your course, I think a lot of people would love to know, how does that go down? Because we don't want to be part of groups that are just continually selling to us. We join groups because they add value. But sooner or later, we do have them for a business purpose. And we should be asking people to take action and potentially sign up for courses or buy our products or services. How are those types of posts received in your group? I really find that I'm, I'm the same really and I really don't like selling I don't like being sold to but I do like buying from people that I really trust and so that's really how I've tried to set up my group and that's what I think Facebook groups are really good for so I really I share a lot of valuable content all the time and I only share promotional posts um, when I'm in launch mode and they are generally really well received because by then people like I've built up authority with people and trust with people. So it, it goes down pretty well. I really try not to put the hard sell on people at all. It's just more like I'm, it's now open for enrollment or whatever my sort of sales pitch is at the time. Uh, but they, yeah, they tend to go down really well, but I think it's really important to make sure that you're only selling a small percentage of the time and just being helpful the rest of the time. Now, people like me and other marketing consultants, we tell lots of businesses that we should set really smart goals and objectives and then we should monitor those and we should set KPIs and all that sort of stuff. I'm guessing that that's not something you do with this group considering you had to look up the number of people in it this morning? Yeah, no, I don't. I, I guess it's one of those things that a lot of business owners think, oh, I really should be doing that. But it just, it really bores me. It's not something I want to spend <laughs> my days doing. So, but it, like I do, I sort of, I track it mentally. I do sort of have a spreadsheet where I, I do track uh, like my numbers and stuff for my Facebook group and my email list and all that, like every week or every fortnight, I sort of track it to see how it's growing over the time. Sorry, but I don't really, I don't really set KPIs. I kind of just know it's working. Whether when I sort of make a sale, like when I sell my e-course, I can see if any of those people are in my Facebook group when they actually joined my Facebook group or joined my list. I can sort of track it from there. And I'm only selling, you know, ten to twenty courses each time, so it's not like I have to go through a hundred different people and try and track it down. I mentioned before about adding value to groups. That's why we join Facebook groups or any other online group or community. And Facebook groups have, are much more about communities and engaging to help each other. That's part of your job as the owner of the group to help drive that, help add value to that group and help people. But have you seen the group offering each other, so other members helping each other with advice and, and really growing a community rather than just relying on you leading it? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that I've noticed probably in the last six months. So obviously to begin with, it's mainly me uh, and, that you know, it, it's sort of you have to put that effort in to build up traction, but it's so good now to see other members jumping on and helping out. And but mainly I see it, I, I really try to keep my weekends sacred. I don't like to go on there at weekends. I like to just try not to do any work. So often if someone posts something on a Friday night, I'm not going to look at it until Monday. But by that time, a lot of people have already jumped on and answered them and offered help and stuff. So it's really awesome to see. And I really want to get it to a point 
where I know um, I have a business coach who has a Facebook group of about 2,000 people and she said she pretty much just runs itself now. She doesn't really have to do much because there's so many members in there helping each other out. So that's, that's my goal to get to that point. Attention, attention, marketing target. Online communities can be very powerful, but if you've ever run one, you'll notice that only a small number of people actually interact. That's just the nature of digital groups. On average, only 1% of your group members will be highly active in creating content and interacting heavily with it, and 9% will just have ad hoc activity levels. That leaves 90% of people who simply aren't interacting at all. Now, I've chosen my words very carefully there. If you notice, I didn't say engage. I used the word interact because there is a difference. Someone who reads your content or listens or watches your content is still engaging, but they may not interact at a level where it's visible and contribute with comments or answers, etc. So it can make you feel like you aren't doing a good job with the group because around about 90% of those people aren't interacting heavily with your content. The interaction levels often don't matter that much because those 90% are still getting huge benefit from consuming the content and being part of the group and reading all the other comments and answers and content that other people are creating. So just because they don't interact, they are still engaging and that is still powerful for your business. Do you put rules and things like that in place about what people can post? Because it would occur to me that as a group grows bigger and bigger and the admin steps back and it becomes a little bit more self-sustaining that there might be people that get into the group and, and promote their own products and services without really respecting what the group is about. I do have some rules at the beginning, like all the... Um I guess all the typical ones, like be respectful and no discrimination and all that kind of stuff. And I think I have something about like, you know, not promoting and, and that kind of thing. Obviously, but I, I have to, I'll have to double check because I have seen a rule once in someone's group, which I thought was really good is that, you, you know, you obviously you can promote your services if it's relevant to the post and, you know, you're actually being helpful by doing that, but not just like creating a post saying, come buy my stuff. I definitely sort of have those things in place, but I also am very picky about who I let into the group too. So I have questions that they have to answer to get into the group. And I can also see a lot of the information on their profile if they are in fact a graphic designer or if they're like a PHP web developer from India who's probably just going to try and sell their services <laughs> to them, you know, like, or, or if they try and sign up as a business page. So I don't typically let business pages in there unless they are like a graphic designer's business page or something like that. So I am, you know, I would probably not accept about maybe 15 to 20% of the people that apply. Um, I really am pretty cautious of filtering out people that might be just there to sell their services. But there are some people that aren't typically my, they're not going to be my target market. They might be web developers or something. But if they look like they're really helpful and they're, off, they're planning to offer help, then I'll let them in because it's great for the people in my group. So it's great for me. While Marketing Builder is the name of this podcast, it's also the name of an awesome product that can help you sort through all the fluff of marketing advice out there and focus on the important stuff. Marketing Builder is a card-based system supplemented by online video lessons that walks you through, step-by-step, step, the most important things in a marketing plan, such as buyer personas, pipeline analysis, objectives, strategy, goals, budgets, and the fun and sexy stuff, the marketing tactics. 
and there's over a hundred of them for you to consider using. The card sorting process results in a visual representation of your marketing, where you can easily see how people will engage with your marketing as they move from awareness through to a customer or client. Whether you're a small business owner trying to develop a marketing plan that you can actually use and are confident in on that very limited budget, or a seasoned marketer wanting others in your organization to have real buy-in and engagement with your marketing, then Marketing Builder is perfect for you. Visit marketingbuilder.net for more information. Now, the reason you're listening. Let's head back to the show. So the group's been going for about 14 months. It's starting to get to a point where the community is really coming on board and engaging and helping each other. You've got visions to grow it into something that's much more self-sustainable. At the moment, it's successful and it's growing to that. But have you made any missteps or mistakes up to this point yet? I have just by accepting some people into the group that I shouldn't have. There's nothing necessarily wrong with these people, but they just don't necessarily fit my group. Like they might not be a lover of WordPress, which is the platform I use and I teach my designers to use. And so I have had, I have accepted some web developers who, although they're, they're great web developers, they're trying to, you know, when any sort of questions come up, they would be trying to sort of convince my potential students that WordPress isn't the right platform to use. And so, you know, it's not really what I want. Um, My my whole business and my vision is all very WordPress focused. So I have some, you know, people in there that want to use Squarespace and stuff, which is fine. But when developers are trying to persuade designers that they shouldn't be developing websites and they need to use a hardcore developer, then it's really conflicting with what I sort of stand for. So yeah, it's just accepting the wrong people into the group, but I honestly haven't kicked anyone out. They just not don't get much of a response and then I, they're just not active anymore, it seems like. Now, we know you're not much of a goal setter and, and setting KPIs and as long as it feels like it's working, you're getting enough enrollments, that keeps you happy. But where do you think this will grow? Do you have a goal in your head that you think, geez, that'd be a pretty cool number to get to with this group? Honestly, I'm I'm like so stoked with having over 500 members. I was like doing a little happy dance when I hit 200. Like it was it was the big milestone <laughs> for me. So I'm really I'm just happy to see it constantly grow. I guess that's the main thing. Um, and really, I think my business coach has about 200 uh, 2,000 members in her group or something like that. So once I start beating her, I'll be really happy. Um, <laughs> but the main the main thing is really just see it keep growing. If I hit 2,000 and then it just plateaus, then I'm probably not going to be happy. I just want to see it keep growing, really. Do you think having a, a Facebook business group like this helps position you as an authority amongst your target market? Absolutely, yes. A hundred percent. It's something that really yeah, builds that authority and it builds trust with your potential customer clients. It's interesting to see how all of a sudden people start treating me a bit like a celebrity at times. And it's like, I'm literally working from my home office. Like it's nothing fancy, but you get sort of tagged in posts and people are just so thankful and appreciative. And it's a bit odd sometimes but it's awesome yeah it's good to help people and it's perfect at building that authority with your audience that's outstanding and for those listening who are thinking okay emma maybe a facebook group would help my business what's some advice that you'd like to share with them to maybe push them along in the right direction there are a few tips actually that i have that definitely um helped me the first one was um setting some good entry questions 
so that you can ensure you're letting in the right type of people. So obviously, like I said, I've, I've let in the wrong type of people in the past. So I have amended my questions over that time to make sure that I'm getting the right people. And I think that's really important. So just making sure you're sort of narrowing it down and, and seeing what people are actually wanting from the group. And, you know, if people aren't answering those questions, probably don't want to let them in. So that's one tip that's really helped. My questions that I have, for example, are like, what is your current profession or what are you hoping to be because really that answer should be that they're a graphic designer or they want to be a web designer or something like that and if it's not that then they're probably not a good fit for my group Uh, not all the time there are some other professions that might help but that's one question that narrows it down for me and then also what inspired them to join or what would they like to learn that's sort of like a good question to sort of see what they actually want from the group or if they're just going to be trying to promote themselves And I also recently added a question asking if they wanted to join my email list. And this has been a massive tool for joining my list. And I wish I had have done it at the beginning. I pretty much then am able to get, like, gather an email address from probably about 50% of the people, if not more, that join. And so that's been a really um, big one for building my list. So I'd highly recommend that. Attention, attention, marketing nugget. I love this comment from Emma. Anyone who has heard me talk a few times will know that I harp on about the importance of building your own audience that you can directly contact, and that means building a database. Social media channels and mass advertising, you are really only ever renting that audience's attention for a little while. You can't contact them directly. And the thing about databases is that people are willingly giving you their details so that you can contact them. They are explicitly giving you permission. Your job is to treat that with the utmost respect and add value consistently and let the sales messages take a back seat. To do that, you need to figure out what you are going to offer at the start that is worth people handing over their email for. It might be a free ebook or a webinar or whatever, but there is a value exchange happening. have a schedule something that works for you um, and schedule it in advance even if you're not scheduling your post to go out in advance but just having it there so you know what you're going to post each day can be um, really helpful and I try to sort of schedule mine about every fortnight and do it for the following fortnight it just saves a lot of time and having sort of like a schedule of what you're going to post on particular days like I have sort of a you know, I'll always do my Facebook lives on a Friday. I'll always share a blog post on a Thursday. I'll have certain days that I'll do certain things and it just makes it easier for you to come up with content rather than just like trying to think of things all the time. Lastly, doing Facebook lives. That's something that's really helped build engagement uh, with my audience. Uh, Obviously, you being live and being on video builds a lot of trust with people, but it also, they get um, your uh, group members get a notification in their notification saying that you're live. So you get um, a lot more um, engagement, like Facebook puts you out there more if you're doing Facebook lives. So it can be nerve wracking to begin with, but it's it's good when it's just in your group because then you know it's just your group member thing and it's not the whole Facebook world. Emma, fantastic chat. If people want to find out more about your business, more about you, more about the course, the Facebook group, all that sort of stuff, what can they do? They can just head to my website, emmakate.co, and there's a link to my Facebook group and everything there. Emma Kate, web design mentor at emmakate.co. Thanks for coming on the show and sharing your business's marketing experiences. Thanks so much for having me. 
That's a wrap for episode eight. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and as always, it's been amazing having you listen to the show, and I trust that you got lots of value out of hearing from Kate and all about how she uses her Facebook group to help grow her business. It certainly is a great example of how using Facebook groups can be highly successful. If you're a graphic designer, you can find out more about the group on Emma's website, or if you're just keen to learn more about Emma's graphic design business, simply visit hola.net.au. Did you love this episode? Good. Make sure you don't miss the next one. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. As I said, I'd also just love to hear from you and what marketing you're crushing, or maybe you're finding something a little bit difficult at the moment, or you just have a question, big or small, please connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for Daniel Oyston, that's O-Y-S-T-O-N, or follow Marketing Builder on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search for Marketing Builder or the handle MKTBLD. Until next time, may your marketing be awesome and I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Marketing Builder. This show was developed, hosted and produced by Daniel Oyston from Content Grasshopper, the creator of Marketing Builder. Marketing Builder is the easy to use, step-by-step card sorting system for cutting through all the marketing fluff out there and to help you build a marketing plan you are actually on board with. For more information, visit marketingbuilder.net or contentgrasshopper.com.au. Thanks for listening.